Hey guys, and welcome to today's podcast. We thank you so much for joining us here at Life with Friends. And do I have a special guest in the house today? (laughs) We have a very special guest. Her name is Felicia. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you guys. And I am so excited to just, you know, hear her story and have her talk. And yeah, so let's get started. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you for having me here. My name is Felicia and I'm a stay-at-home mom of three. I'm an inventor and entrepreneur. And uh, my first job really is staying at home, homeschooling, because we all know as moms, if you're a mom watching this or listening to this, that that is a full-time job. again Felicia for being here. I'm super excited for our conversation. So as you can tell from the topic of this podcast, our goal here is to just have a conversation around being authentic in our stories. So a lot of these podcasts, like I said, stem from conversations that I'm I've already have with friends or that we are currently having, right? So um it naturally we we were talking about like, why are Christians not so authentic in their their personal stories? And so here's the thing. Felicia and I are both Christians. We're both followers of Christ. So this is not a dig at anybody. Um, but that was the question that came up in one of our conversation is why are we so, um, why do we clean up our stories when we share? Um and there's a lot of reasons why we're, we're going to get into it. And we're both going to share a little bit of our stories of how we came to Christ or just in general, the things that made us who we are. Um, coming to Christ is one layer, a very important layer of our life story, right? But it's not the only thing that that makes us who we are. It's one of the biggest things, but it's not the only thing. So we're going to have a conversation around that today. So one layer of your story, Felicia, um, I think it's very powerful. I think your your story is, whenever I hear testi- testimonies like that, I'm like, yes, <laughs> the world needs to hear it. The church needs to hear it. And I think it's unfortunate that sometimes church doesn't really allow space for our authentic stories to to be and to thrive so um you that one layer of your story is how you came to christ so i wanted to know if you wanted to share let's start from the very beginning like whatever you feel comfortable sharing so yes i was raised as a muslim i grew up in a family they were very strict and very religious and I had a lot of good experiences and um, so I always believed in God but as I got older I started to feel like religion was very controlling and very stifling almost so I actually left the faith and then I just went out into the world and just wanted to live life and um just make my own decisions and experiences and after living in the world I found that it was pretty empty you know and so when I was given my first bible I remember thinking um we as um 
growing up as a Muslim, we believed that Jesus was coming back, but we were never told why he was coming back or what he did while he was here or why him. Like we hear about so many great prophets like Abraham and Moses and, you know, Daniel, David, all of them, but they're not coming back and neither is prophet Muhammad. He's not coming back. So why Jesus and what makes him so powerful? And that's when my search for um, wanting to learn more about Jesus, why he's coming back, what he did while he was here. And also knowing that I studied uh, philosophy. We learned a lot about like really great philosophers and really good thinkers. Yeah. There were a lot of great thinkers along the way, mm-hmm. but Jesus had one of the biggest followings ever. Right. You know, we don't hear about so Plato as much. We don't have Aristotle yeah, followers Aristotle. necessarily. Right? Yeah. We have Jesus. And um, being one of the most followed and most uh, powerful historical figure, it was, for me, it was worth studying. So I actually took a Jesus in history class because I was also studying history. And I wanted to get not a religious perspective, but a historical perspective on the man of Jesus, like who he was. Mm -hmm. And then I learned some interesting things like... Um, that he was actually crucified. A lot of Muslims don't believe that. But back in those days in, in the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. people were crucified. And that was what they did to their worst worst uh, criminals. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's just what they did. And um, as I kept studying and I kept testing the faith, because that's another thing that I learned in scripture, that that we it's it's a healthy thing to do to test your faith and then I started to to believe and to pray and to start actually putting my faith into my prayer and saying okay God if if you're real Jesus if you're real can Mm -hmm. I see a miracle Mm -hmm. once I started seeing the miracles Mm -hmm. it was like wow it was like pretty easy from then on not easy but I feel like um became personal I started to feel this personal connection and, mm-hmm. and a deeper uh, draw mm-hmm. towards this faith walk. Mm-hmm. So Felicia, you mentioned miracles that really um, help you to feel more connected to God. So what were um, one of the first miracles that you've experienced, that you experienced in your beginnings with the Lord? Yes. Um, so my dad had um, a number of health issues when um, him and my mom divorced. And he started seeing a psychiatrist who was giving him a lot of medication. And um, he started having all these re- reactions to the medication. I was in university and I was studying and I would hear these stories of my dad tripping out and... Um, he would go back to the psychiatrist to report on his experiences with the medication and instead of them taking him off of the medication they kept giving him more and so on this one trip i guess um the medicine burnt the skin off of his body it's called stephen johnson's disease and i came to see him at the hospital, I, like, I went on, I just booked a ticket, went to Trinidad, went straight to his hospital room, and I was told to read Psalm 91 over him, 
And I had never read Psalm 91, but at this point I was feeling really desperate and I was like, okay, Jesus, I heard that you're a healer. And if this is true, I want to see a miracle. So, and that was my word that I actually use is that I wanted to see a miracle. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wanted to witness um, his healing. And um, so I read Psalm 91. And, and at this point, his skin, he looked like Freddy Krueger, like burnt off, mm-hmm. pus, lips were pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. And the survival rate is very, very small. I think it's like 10%. And um, I stayed in his room, read Psalm 91, started to really pray and believe for a miracle. And they do their rounds in the morning and in the night. So in the nighttime when I arrived, he was not doing well. But by morning when they came to do their first rounds and, and their checkup, the first thing the nurse said in the morning when she walked in the room was, a miracle happened in this room last night. This man is healed. And I felt goosebumps <laughs> go all over me. And my dad said he felt like, you know, when you when a dog sees you and they start to shake, it's like they're yeah. full with energy. Mm-hmm. Like it can they can go from a nap to like jump into this happy state. He said he felt like that. He felt like really full of excitement. And he said it's because I was there, but I knew it wasn't because of me. I actually wow. felt like, no, it's because of God. And that was my first miracle. And how did that make you feel? So you've exper- you experienced that. And the thing is, a miracle is still something that is, that is out of this world. That's what the word miracle is. It's like it's something that's abnormal, that's yeah. supernatural. So how did that make you feel like, uh, like after that happened? I was, uh, I mean, I was sort of overwhelmed because I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But... It was, uh, I think that was just the beginning of wanting to see more miracles. And actually what ended up happening with my dad is um, he was actually bedridden for 10 years. So he was still sick and in a sick state. And when I would go visit him, he'd often be sleeping because he was still on a lot of medication. But I would pray over him and I thought, you know, and this is where um, I was just like trying to be bold People will play like their rap music and whatever really boldly and and they almost don't care if they offend you with the swears and the words. They just play it anyway. So I was like, I'm going to be bold like that and I'm just going to play some Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer or whatever I was listening to. And I would just leave it by his bed head, bedside and I would just, I'm like, this word is just going to go into him. And um, one day, I think this was probably 10 years later of me just praying for him because he was still a Muslim. One day he got, he told me he got up and he had this urge to take all the Islamic and Muslim mm-hmm. pictures and, mm-hmm. and everything, all, decorations from the house. Mm-hmm. He was living in my grandfather's house. Mm-hmm. That was his house now. Um, but anyway, so he took the, all of it down. He had somebody that he knew make a cross. He said he had no reason why he had this desire to make a cross. And he had a cross made, like a really big one, like the size of a walking stick. And he said that... He would be filled with like anxiety and just whatever with the medication. And so he would hold it like a teddy bear. He's like, he would just walk and it would give him hope. And, um, and that opened the door for me to talk about the Holy Spirit and to tell him, you know, dad, I prayed for you in the hospital room when you were, when you were sick and you were dying. And, and he, he said, look, he showed me the the goosebumps on his hand. He's like, when you said that, he felt something in his spirit say, see, I told you I was real. 
and I, that was like That's... more confirmation and and um just a testimony to like you know the power of prayer mm-hmm. and i mean just uh having that faith and and really trusting that um god can do things mm-hmm. that i mean god can do miracles <laughs> Right. And that's the thing is when miracles happen, you're right. Like it also proves that God is real, you know? I mean, I don't know. Sometimes people think that Christians don't ever doubt or don't ever doubt God or God's existence or anything because we're, we're Christians. Once we get that title, that's it. Like, that's not true. We also have questions and that's so cool that like, that's what he felt like. I told you that I was real. And I don't know, that encouraged me hearing that because it reminded me that um, that all of, like, to me, if I was to say, like, if God had a goal, his goal is to show us human beings that he is real, that he exists, and that he loves us. Like, his love shows us that he's real. So yeah. it doesn't matter what religion you're in. And yes, the Christian faith could be is considered a religion like if you just do rules and practices and no personal connection it doesn't matter if you're a christian or hindu muslim atheist agnostic just whatever title you you have to to keep yourself away from a personal relationship with god is like he will he literally moved heaven and earth to show Mm -hmm. us like hey I'm here, mm-hmm. I'm real, I made you, and I have a plan to to not only save your life, but also to redeem you to, like, your original, you know, purpose. So I think that's really cool. That was encouraging to hear. Aww. Thank you. Um, when you were saying that, yeah, there's so many religions in the mm-hmm. world, the thing about religion is we can get so caught up in doing, like, we got to do this, and we got to do that, and we have to make sure we come into prayer in a certain way and you can yeah you can get so caught up in all the doing of religion that really God just wants your heart and he really wants us to come as we are and that was something that I felt was really beautiful in the Bible that I was like wow God could accept us just as we are like we don't because that was so different from how it was when I was a Muslim it's like you have to wash your hands a certain way and your face and your you know, you have to be really clean and, and you can't just come as you are, yeah. <laughs> you know. And so I thought that was a really beautiful thing. And um, I, I was sharing this with you about my history of being a runaway mm-hmm. since we're being authentic here. <laughs> um, so when I was a kid and things would be, you know, not really good at home, I'd always run away. I'd run away to go to the playground. I'd run away to the park. I'd run away and go to my aunt's and uncle's house. And even when uh, religion was too controlling, I ran away from the faith too. And I was like, no, I'm just not working for me. The only time I, I haven't ran away was when I started following Jesus. He never let me run away. I think he chases wow. after us, you know. And I really do feel like if there wasn't any substance to the faith, I would have ran away and left. I would have still been searching in the world mm-hmm. to find happiness or to find peace or to find joy. But that was something that I found. And that was something that has really kept me, yeah. It's so good. There is something to be said about uh, the Christian faith. Yes, I'm a little biased because (laughs) I'm a follower and I was also raised in it. But it's really cool to hear it from um, a person that wasn't raised in it to say like, 
the truths of what like I grew up saying but not having the real experience I think it's really cool like how just our stories differ but it's still the same Jesus it's still like the same grace you know so that's really cool that was really encouraging to me so Felicia you mentioned that one of the the differences that you you noticed um about Jesus when you were coming to Christ was that he um just wanted us like he there was no like way of coming to him he just simply wanted us that's it you know so i feel like that ties into the topic of our conversation today which is um that jesus just simply and authentically want us like in our authentic ways so can you speak to that from your experience about finding that jesus sure so the it's interesting when you come from a strict religious background the things that stand out to you so what i found was really interesting when i started to study the scripture was the way jesus would fight and argue with the pharisees right Mm. because they were the religious people of the day and he would tell them well you guys have it wrong and that's exactly how religious religion is you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to present yourself a certain way and then if you're trying to do all of that it's very easy to look down on others and be like well I'm wearing the clean clothing and Mm -hmm. I'm fasting and I'm praying five times a day and and I'm reciting all these verses and stuff but you're not so Mm -hmm. that's how religious religion can make people feel Mm -hmm. less than or you know, or look at me, I've got it right. And what I thought was great about Jesus is that he would actually go to the people who were least likely, who were really in need, you know. And then there was another saying that it's the sick people that need the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. the people who are well. So those are like passages that really spoke to me or that he would leave the 99 to go attend to the one what if that one was like i forget this i don't like the way the flock is going i don't like this whole (laughs) but he went to the one right so there was there's always that theme that i see in the bible where um he seems to go to the people that were always i don't know in need or you know or or or, or we wouldn't know that they were in need if we if they didn't say that right or that they were they were clearly in need like the lepers and the um just the blind people that he would heal you know and you made a good point because they did share their need like the blind beggar was calling out like jesus jesus have mercy on me and then that i mean there was a crowd and so he had to have been yelling super loud and making like a ruckus so he shared he authentically and publicly Mm -hmm. you know for whatever reason like shared his need and so you're right like those people did share their needs and what can we learn from that as modern day christians (laughs) about sharing our needs um maybe not publicly like to everybody but like sharing our needs um to our church our local church community whether it's a small group whether it's just a group of people you run with Mm -hmm. at your church or your pastors or whoever like sharing your need you know within the family of christ um so that that need could be met so that's a really good point as well um you mentioned um again sticking on the topic of 
authenticity and I just think of like also like the disciples right like Jesus allowed them to be who they were Judas was stealing from the the bag the treasury bag and he allowed him to be a thief like that was in his heart like he didn't say hey stop being a thief you know like he probably I don't know but he probably had conversations with him like hey you know like you know kind of like maybe insinuating like you know, to make better choices, but he still allowed him to be authentically who he was, which was, you know, um, dishonest, you know, and Peter, you know, he was a fisherman and he allowed him to be the fisherman that he was. John, who was, I guess, very affectionate. He allowed John to be this intellectual affectionate person. Like he never changed. Like he didn't say, well, I'm Jesus. I'm the son of God. I am the rabbi. You know, I now you all, all I chosen 12 of y'all and y'all all got to be the same way because the world is watching. No. They were so eclectic, so different. And they mm-hmm. stood out in their personalities. And um, so, I, uh-huh. yeah, just to add to what you're yeah. saying there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't say, well, first go get changed and go clean yourself up and make mm-hmm. sure you do this and do that. He just simply said, follow me. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and he chose a variety of people and told mm-hmm. them follow me, and and I think that's the difference between religion and just being a follower or having a personal relationship is like, you feel like in religion you have to do all these things first, mm-hmm. and then you're good to go, mm-hmm. or then God can work with you. But it's actually mm-hmm. quite the opposite. You just have to surrender and go with an open heart as you are. And that allows God to work and, and change you and transform you from the inside out because we can't do it all in our own strength, you know. Otherwise, we wouldn't need God, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, So that's what I thought was really interesting is that if you just come as you are and you have that open heart, it gives God that, um, like, it's like the okay to, yeah, to work and to transform to us, right? Yeah. And... I mean, in my personal walk with uh, Christ, like, I remember, I so I grew up in a church, or uh, I grew up in a Christian family, and also, like, in the church, like, going to church every single day, it seemed, you know, um, but that doesn't equate having a personal relationship with God, we just have a bunch of knowledge, and like you said, maybe more religious than a connection, Um but it was in my undergrad year that I felt a more connection to God and making it more personal and the Bible coming alive, which at first the Bible to me was boring, but it was like coming alive to me around that that time. And I remember, let's just fast forward years later after being a born again Christian and trying to fit this mold of Christianity and I was like, and just because I'm a, I'm a person who's very observant and um, I'm curious, I ask a lot of questions. I was like asking God, I was like, God, do you want us to all be the same? Like in, when, when we be, become Christians, because I feel like sometimes that's what the church culture is asking indirectly like come on into the house of God where we all eventually become the same and I felt like God was saying no he does not want a cookie cutter Christian he made us in a variety of ways and he wants us to stay 
unique and stay colorful and stay beautiful but he just wants us to to like you know accept jesus in our heart but it doesn't mean that now you have to dress the same talk the same say the same thing you could still remain who you are originally and not be this cookie cutter christian so again that brings it back to the point of being authentic because you have to be authentic i think i mean to to remain who you are in that in a church culture in a work culture wherever you are you have to be bold and you have to be authentic with it so what i gather from our conversation when you say authentic what you are trying to express is that when we are open to sharing things that we otherwise would not want to share things that we want to hold back there's power in that mm. there's power in shining the light on our darkest places so that people can be transformed by that and that's good because what i've seen now as i share my story even with people who were christians or who who are not it, it's almost like for them to hear like wow you had that experience and and when you share those miracles that happen it's almost like it, it makes their faith even stronger right mm -hmm. it helps them to even maybe grow in their faith even more and i think that's what it's about like if we are real with each other and say you know these are things that i went through and this is how god showed up it shows people that god does show up you know whereas if our story is just that okay i have it all together and everything is good and everything is fine and it's great and mm -hmm. everything is just wonderful we're not allowing each other to grow right because mm -hmm. i think growth comes from from struggles right mm -hmm. personally and sometimes even just learning from other people's stories right right yeah i agree and you're right there's power in our stories and i think you mentioned a verse about the word of our testimony mm -hmm. um but yeah a testimony is simply a story and there's power in our stories and i think that we as christians sometimes we rob um people who are not believers and even believers because i was encouraged by hearing that i'm a christian i believe in god and i still was like whoa wow that's so cool like i felt a jolt of strengthening my faith from hearing what she said i was like oh my gosh god is real <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. i know he's real but i'm like wow that like he is real you know mm -hmm. so i so we rob like if you have never shared that story with me yeah. I wouldn't have had that jolt of yeah. my faith, you know? Um, so there is power in our in sharing our stories. For sure. When you said jolt of faith, that reminded me of something that I almost forgot about. But I was doing this Bible study with this group in New York. And the leader was encouraging me to really step out and be bold in our faith. And to even go and pray for others and lay hands on people. And I was like, me? I don't know if I can do that, you know? Because sometimes we think, like, am I qualified to do that? Can I really do that? Mm -hmm. So anyway, I was walking down the street. I was on my way. I was going to Manhattan. And um, I, I, we, I had to walk in front of the hospital. And I saw this lady limping. And so I didn't think anything of it. You know, she was just coming out of the hospital. So I sort of just walked past her because she was going really slow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Kept walking. And then I stopped in a coffee shop to get a coffee before I got on the train. When I came out of the coffee shop, the lady was walking 
now up the stairs right in front of me and I was like is this God <laughs> working in my life putting somebody right in front of me yeah. for me to pray for like because the night before I was being challenged to go pray for someone and I was like nah <laughs> so I just passed her and I kept walking and I sat down waiting for the train and she came and sat right next to me and she's like oh my leg wow. and she was like rubbing her leg and I thought okay fine I'm going to pray for her. So I said to her, ma'am, um, can I pray for your knee or for your leg? And she's like, okay. And that's the thing too. I don't think anyone's ever going to refuse a prayer, you know, yeah, no, for, no. you know, for the most part, if you're hurting and someone says, can I pray for you more than likely they're going to say yes. Right. So, anyway, so she said, yes, I put my hand on her leg. I started praying for her and I was still feeling very awkward, so I was really happy and relieved that as soon as I finished praying for her, the train came, so I was like, okay, amen, bye, <laughs> jumped on the train, and she came in the same train uh, cart as me, but she was on the other side, so I knew, okay, uh, I didn't, I, I mean, whatever, mm -hmm. however I was feeling, but before she got off two steps, two stops later, she comes walking, healed as ever, perfect step even a little hop in her step and she goes my leg look and she starts hitting her leg she starts hitting like sort of like hitting it on the floor i'm like lady please don't break your leg trying to show me that it's fixed but she she started hitting and jumping up she's like my leg my leg is healed it's healed and i was just like oh my goodness because that was the first time i had ever seen something happen so fast i mean maybe not the first time I guess it happened with my dad yeah. too but it's amazing how you forget sometimes yes. right and I yeah. think that's why we have to uh, as God says we go from glory to glory because in between the glory there's like the valleys and so as she was coming out I remember looking through the window like looking to make sure that she was walking okay and she was walking fine and then I was so encouraged by that I'm like oh my goodness I can't believe I prayed for someone and right away they got better and that was just to tie it all in that was another example of the miracles that started happening as I started to follow Jesus and I had never seen these type of miracles when I was a Muslim mm -hmm. I'd never um you know tested the faith yeah. so to speak mm -hmm. to see if you know those things are even possible really mm -hmm. and um so yeah. I just thought I'd share that because no I thought that's it was so good really cool. I I love that a miracle and a New York City subway. <laughs> oh, and I was so I was so encouraged by that. I got off the train thinking, well, who else can I pray for? And I found uh -huh. myself looking around, but exactly, super cool. I think it's really cool that I mean, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, um, I'm always thinking about those people. Like, I love my Christian people, but I'm always thinking about the people that may come across this this podcast having no grid for what we're talking about. That yes, Jesus is talking to you too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He, he he actually planned for you to listen to this podcast to the words that were were uh, shared here it was a setup you know by by heaven um because he loves you um so anyways i i think of people like that and and the thing is is not that we christians are doing those miracles like felicia did yeah. not heal that lady it was just god healing her god's Working love right god's love showing up in that new york city subway for that woman because yeah. god loved her so much and wanted her to be you know wanted to heal her that day and you were available and you were like obedient vessels right is that what mm -hmm. it is? Like, yeah. I don't want to misquote any scripture yeah, or anything like vessels. that. Mm -hmm. But it's like God wants to use us so that 
he his power would be made known so that people can see that yes god is real yes god is powerful and he's capable of doing things and using regular people like i don't consider myself a healer or anything like that but if i feel prompted to pray for someone now i definitely will because i've seen that there's power in that right and he also calls us not just vessels but co-laborers you know um there's no doubt that God could do whatever he wants to, however he wants to, but the system he set up is to co-labor with his human creation, that he delights in that. Even in this sinful version of the world, he still delights in co-laboring with us, you know? Mm -hmm. And when we um, make ourselves available, that's also like a fun thing for, I think, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm. this is just the mind of Pwindi to me. I think God delights in working with his kids to heal people, to change the world, to set other people free, not just physical mir uh, miracles, but just, you know, people feeling loved and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I love what, oh, yes. Oh, I love what you said about... Um, the brokenness part and I just wanted to highlight that you're right um that people do relate or connect with us with like things that are not perfect and the brokenness part I just think of um how God again Jesus could have like came in in a very epic superhero Marvel way you know like and save the world he didn't have to be broken on a cross to save the world right but for whatever reason, I have no idea. I'm going to ask him when I get to heaven for whatever reason. That's the path he chose. He chose brokenness. And I think it's that, I think it's cool because we were broken. Like humans, we were broken. So he too became broken for us. Like he wanted to be where we were. You know, he wanted to be, again, authentically <laughs> where we were. And we were broken. We were without him. So he could have came in his cape and his horse with his, you know, um, miracle power and just be like, ta-da, you know, like healed, redeemed. But he was very, very purposeful and intentional with meeting us where we were in our bro our brokenness and also being broken with us. And, um, but it didn't stop there. He also, you know, the story of Easter. I know this podcast is being aired after Easter, but that it didn't stop there. He um, resurrected and he healed us. He redeemed us. He wasn't, he didn't stay broken. He went to wholeness. So I think that's just, um, it's very beautiful how you connected that. And I wanted to add to that, you saying that he didn't come in a superhero. When I was first told about, when I was first given my Bible and told about Jesus and Jesus coming down from heaven to walk among us, the analogy that was used was if, God wanted to speak to ants or if you wanted to speak to ants and to change an ant community, you wouldn't stand on top yelling at the ants, hey guys, change. But you you would be more effective if you came down in the form of an ant and showed the ants how you want them to live and you know and to show them that there's hope and I know it's a silly kind of analogy, but for some reason that spoke to me, you know, that God would humble himself come in the form of a human mm -hmm. and uh, walk among us, you know? All right, Felicia. So let's just share one thing that um, we think is a stumbling block or a reason that people 
may not want to be authentic, especially within the church culture. So let's go there. For me, I'll start. For me, um, I think it's, and I'm going to say it again as a Christian, and I would know because I grew up in a Christian household and I'm a Christian. Christians could be judgy. There, I said it. (laughs) I said it. (laughs) But we could be judgy. And hey, the 21st century Christians are not the first Christians to be judgy, okay? If you read the Bible, the first century church was also like that. And you could see all of the apostles and the disciples writing to them and reminding them that, you know, about the the gospel and about the truth and about love. So I do feel that if there is a space where you know there's going to be judgment without love, why would you want to be authentic? I wouldn't. I would just, I would pretend like the rest of them, you know, because I don't want to be the oddball out. You know, it takes a, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of boldness to choose to be authentic in your story, knowing that there may not be someone who can relate. So do you have a story about that or just an experience about that? I yes, for sure. Um well first of all I think the reason why people are afraid to open up and to talk about like real life issues and things like that is a fear of being judged. You know, there's this fear of like, well what would other people think? And when I was a new new to the faith, I remember thinking that that everybody seemed really perfect and like they had a really good life and that everything was fine and everything was okay and and I didn't feel like there was room to really share some of the deeper things that I was going through. I also felt like, well, maybe I shouldn't share because I felt like no one would be able to relate to my stories and stuff like that. But now that I've been walking in the faith for um, how many years now, like 15 years, I feel like from what I've seen you know, there's power, there's power in sharing how God has worked in your life. So if you, if you're brave enough to be vulnerable and to really uh, share some of the things that you've walked through, what I find the theme is, it's like, this is what I went through, Mm -hmm. but look at how God showed up, you know, And with all things, like whether now I see it, whether it's a good experience or whether it was not a good experience, all the glory at the in the end of the day belongs to God, you know. So I hope that answered the question there. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah. Um, I really feel like the church. Yeah, I feel like that 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 is an area that we can work on as a, the church, the body of Christ, but also the church as a lot of people want to call it an institution or, or, an, or an organization, which is fine. Whatever you call it, it is still the body of Christ. We are a group of people and it is only natural that systems develop when you're in a group, right? So I feel like that is something that we can definitely work on as a church is to figure out a way... <laughs> to reset the system where we do have a grid for people to be authentically, um, to share authentically about their stories of coming to Christ 
And you're right, there is glory at the end. It doesn't stop like, hey, I was, you know, I was a drug addict, I was this, I was that, and I still am a drug addict, you know? Like, there's always some type of redemption story. And, you know, if the person relapsed or something, let's say, let's keep with the example of a drug addict. If the person relapsed, like, you see how some Christians, not all, but some Christians, they move away from people when it comes to to like sin you know and it's like we have to go back to the word and see what does God say to do when we come against those kind of things and God tells us to go to your brother (laughs) and talk with them like there are just some practical things that we I feel like a lot of us need to start doing as the modern day church um and I think that would make us a healthier um a healthier body of Christ and a healthier like infrastructure on the earth, you know. So, um so let's to end this awesome conversation, um let's share one tip, like a practical tip of what can we do better. I guess that was mine. <laughs> I'll just say that was mine like that we could do um better. Um with with creating a system, a structure in a space where people feel safe to share their stories authentically where they know that they're not going to feel judged because that's not the point. (laughs) Like God did not tell us to judge people's stories. Um, So what would be one that you would like to share? So a practical tip for being bold or authentic with our story, um, I would say, well, first of all, if we take the first step and share anyway, we allow others to open up as well. Like if I'm open about things that I've been through, you're more likely to open up about things that you've been through. Mm -hmm. Whereas if our conversations are just surface type conversations where we're just talking about the weather and, you know, God is so good and, but we're not actually getting deeper then we're not allowing the other person to go deeper so that would be my practical thing is to really engage with each other to make time for each other to even create spaces Mm -hmm. for this type of engagement so whether it's in small groups or one-on-one having you know one-on-one time I think uh that would definitely allow us to to grow mm-hmm. together and grow in our faith. Right. And I also am a firm believer that um there there might be some fear again about just hearing people share their stories authentically and what do you do with that? Like I don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I do think that maybe some of the older generations um, might fear that the reverence, the sovereignness, the like untouchability of God might be um, in jeopardy if people were authentically sharing their brokenness and whatever. Um, and that's just a wrong thinking because like literally Jesus um, came to this earth to fix that, to provide a solution yeah. for it. So I'm a firm believer that the church could keep the reverent culture of the church where it comes to God and have an authentic culture. For sure. Um, The concern about 
losing the reverence of being a Christian or what you think that might look like. I'd say that the fruit of our lives is the ultimate the mm. ultimate testimony because people will see you as you are mm. and maybe they may perceive you to be a certain way whatever that is and when you share things whether good mm. or bad i mean I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, keep going. That is, this is an authentic okay. moment, y'all. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I feel like I lost it there for a second, but okay. Yes. So, our fruit will speak. You know what yes. I mean? Mm-hmm. So, whatever we've gone through in the past to get us to where we are now, whether good experiences or bad, mm-hmm. right now is when we can show people like, okay, I'm like for like I'm now walking in this answered prayer. I'm now right. walking in the promises, you know. And I I'm, I'm just speaking from my personal experiences mm-hmm. like I look around me and everything I have right now is because of the result of answered prayers. Like I feel like I'm walking in the prayers that I had prayed for yeah. many many years ago mm-hmm. and having faith and really believing for things even when I couldn't see it mm-hmm. and just really hoping and also being specific about certain things that I wanted in my life. Um, so now, because I am here, I can do one of two things. I can either be like, well, I'm good where I am now. There's no need to go back there and talk about things that have already passed. Like, I'm not there anymore. Or I can be comfortable and open with sharing that because I can use those very same stories to say, but look at how God transformed my life. You know, I was a lot... I I, I was part of religion I was super lost I went into the world trying to you know find joy and trying to be in control of my life only to come back and surrender to God and be like no God I need you (laughs) I need you because I tried to do it on my own I tried to do it the perfect way as well in religion but at the end of the day all you wanted of me was just to surrender Mm -hmm. and to bring my brokenness and just show up and say God work in me you know because um sometimes we have to get to that place of being in complete surrender like we get to the point where they call it like rock bottom where you're like Mm -hmm. you lost all hope and the only way to look is like up now and you know god can use that he can work with that yeah and to be honest like just from the conversations we've had off the podcast and even during this podcast like it it's still anybody sharing their testimony with me or just even their story it doesn't um, even have to be a story of them coming to christ but it's like to me it blows my mind because it's like you don't know a person until they share their story and you just have an assumption of the person or you have an idea like oh they have a perfect life or oh they have this and when you when you see like maybe the struggle or the just a journey it doesn't even have to be a struggle and you're like wow I would have never thought that and I feel like it gives a better appreciation of people and one thing I do want to say is that people are not disposable (laughs) like God does not make disposable people and um, that we really shouldn't treat people like that because their stories are grimy or their stories are whatever you know like when you see church folks or whatever church people um not all not all but like some have this 
religious mindset of like, oh, okay, well, you know, like, well, let me cast you out of the church. It's like, who gave you the right to do that? (laughs) Like, Jesus is opening the door and then we as Christians are coming behind him, closing the door and locking it. He's like, leave this unlock, leave the door, stop touching it. Like, you know, he wants people to come to him so they could get healed and transformed and all of that. So, um, so yeah, but thank you so much, Felicia, for just sharing your story with us and with the world. And, um, I know that, you know, I was blessed by it. So I know that whoever is hearing this will be blessed by your story and thank you for being vulnerable. And yeah, that was really awesome. All right, friends, so we are going to continue this conversation over on our Instagram pages. We are going to be doing an IG live after or following this podcast. So please follow us on our Instagram so you'll be notified. Um, You'll find Felicia at Fashion Wellness Purpose and you'll find me at Pwendy Alicia. Both of the spellings will be in the show notes of this podcast. Um, we just want to continue this conversation in a in a space where you guys can join the conversation live and ask questions or just add to it. Um, and if you're reading this months and months later, you could find this in our IGTV tab on our Instagram pages. Again, thank you, Felicia, for your time and your story. And can you please share where people can find you? I did mention your IG already, but can you please share where people can find you and also tell us about your newest product? Okay, thank you again, Pwendi, for having me. This was really fun. It was, um, would fun be the word? It was powerful. It was, it was deep um, and it was great. My IG is fashion wellness purpose and I, my other one is pregzen but that's still in the works as I prepare to launch. The fashion wellness purpose one was created because my invention is in the fashion industry. The wellness is um I have a a nonprofit organization that I founded that um is focused on wellness in underserved communities and the purpose part is that I I feel like it's a God-given idea and that I want to use my creative invention as a way to pour into underserved communities so that's the purpose behind it so I hope that helps you remember it fashion wellness purpose and my website my website will eventually um my product will eventually be launched on my website at www.pregzen, that's P-R-E-G-Z-E-N.com. Thank you again. Awesome. Thank you again. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please remember to subscribe and rate it. Leave us a review. That helps us a lot. Um, And if you're listening on any other platforms that allow you to do that, please feel free to do so. Leave us a review, like them, all of that stuff. Again, thank you guys for joining us and have a great week.